Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and tonight I'm talking with Jake Elliott from PCL. What is up, dude? Not much. How's it going? Oh, it's going fucking great. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, I had a blast hanging out with you at C2E2, so I was so stoked when you wanted to do an episode. And um, yeah, like officially, this is the start of the episode, but for us, we're like an hour deep because <laughs> we've just been shooting the shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just gave you the really shitty, like, pass the baton, how you do it. Like, I'm doing good. You talk. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I I did my typical thing there where I'm like, what's up? And it's like, well, we're recording a podcast, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Not much, man. Just just kicking it in my car. <laughs> just kind of sitting in my car like I do on Friday nights. <laughs> yeah, Friday nights in my car, hoping nothing dangerous happens. <laughs> oh man that's hilarious and i dropped my mic oh perfect (laughs) so all right all right so yeah what are we talking about what i I gotta tell you something joe don't hate me but i've never listened to a single start cast oh i don't blame you i'm shocked that people continue to download it (laughs) i listened to the first 20 minutes of the one brian was on so i take that back (laughs) I started it. It was good. And then I don't know. I'm a big music guy because we do the podcast and we have so many friends that do podcasts. We always, it's just too much. And I'm such a music guy. Every Friday I listen to the new albums that come out and everything. And I, every day I'm jamming music in my car that it's enough for me to keep up with like the two podcasts that I do normally listen to. So I was like, I'm always like, I feel bad sometimes though, because I love these people that we're friends with that do all these podcasts, but it's like, ah, I've never heard a single one. Well, you know, it's one of those things to where if you have like a job where you can listen to podcasts all day, then Uh. in in my, in, in my case, I have a desk job and I've got my own office. And so I can just have my phone at like a reasonable volume and just listen to podcasts all day. And then I just hit pause. If I have to take a phone, take or make a phone call, you know? Oh man, I'm so jealous of that. Yeah, but like outside of doing yard work or something, I, I don't listen at home, you know, and I just I don't have the time to. But on the other hand, dude, I'm I'm a little envious that, that you get so much time to listen to music because I mean, I suppose I could listen to music at work. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. When I was younger, I used to be a real audiophile. And then it was weird. I reached this point where it was like I burned out on listening to the radio. And I think it was because of the commercials on terrestrial radio, like made me want to murder yeah and that's so, that's interesting um man yeah radio i don't think i've listened to radio since smartphones came into my hands yeah 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 same here like if if i have the radio on it's because i'm exercising and i've been too lazy to plug my phone into my stereo in the garage wow yeah that, that's interesting the smartphones really did change like i always kind of hated radio anyway you get the ads the commercials the the DJs, the same songs over and over again. Like, uh, yeah, I can't take it. So, yeah, and I, I was that guy that would buy this. You know, you'd hear that one song, and I would be the guy that would roll the dice and pay the twelve bucks for that CD just based on that one song, and then find out the other ten songs were absolute fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. And then, so now it's like, you know, in today's day and age, we have the Spotify and the Apple music and, you know, the title and all that stuff. And it's like every Friday, all the new albums come out and I can just click on them. I can, I can listen to them. I can say, oh, looks like that's garbage, you know? (laughs) (laughs) 
So it's just, and I, I discover so much that way. I, I can basically roll the dice on like any new artist I want to with just paying my, you know, 250 a month from Spotify. Yeah, that's not a bad deal, dude, because I had a lot of albums back in the day that I got burned on. Like some that were like almost embarrassing. Like, yeah, you bought that? <laughs> you know? Like, I think I'm I had to the think crash. Something. Oh, I think I had the crash test dummies CD. Oh, I surely bought that. I bought the first <laughs> Smash Mouth CD. I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> I had not a surf. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I bought the Breeder CD for Cannonball. <laughs> there you go. Fucking excellent baseline. <laughs> There's like only two other good songs on that whole CD, and they're really good songs, but. Yeah, I, I bought that single on cassette tape. I never bought the whole album. Oh, singles. That's a crazy thing, too. You'd see the whole, like, aisles with nothing but the cassettes with one song on them. Yeah. Well, I was always strapped on, a, on like, a very tight budget. And so it's like if it was something I really, really liked a lot, I would save up and buy the album. But I actually had a, uh, quite a few singles, and they were all cassette tape, you know? Wow. Yeah. Um, my grandpa was a uh, radio DJ, and we had tons and tons of 45 singles even back when I was a kid. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, those are so, fun. You had to put that that thicker uh, thing in the middle of the turntable. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then kind of the lost art of the B-side, that we don't have that song anymore. Like, there was always that one song that wasn't on the actual album that was on the other side of the single record or the single cassette. No. And then people would release <laughs> albums full of the B-sides. Well, that's on fucking cool. I just learned something. <laughs> you didn't know what a B-side was? I had heard that expression lots of times. And I didn't really, I guess I never really put together what it meant. I didn't know it was exclusive to the, the B-side of a single on a 45. Yeah that's, yeah, that's exactly where they come from. And they carried on to the cassette tapes, too. And um, even with, I mean, obviously on a CD, it wasn't another side, but it was still the same concept. Like there would be like one extra song on the CD that was never on the actual album. And so a lot of times it'd be like a cover or just some random song, you know? Huh. So that's fucking I know like, cool. I know like Radiohead did it and Nine Inch Nails did it and they might be giants. I'm sure a ton of, ton of artists had B-sides. Oh so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've always heard that term. I guess I just didn't understand the proper definition. It was, it was one of those things that whenever someone said it, I just kind of interpreted it off the context of the sentence where it was like, Oh, okay. That was just, like not one of the most popular songs on that record or something or yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I never put much thought into it, you know, <laughs> as opposed to the really terrible D minus song, the D minus <laughs> side. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember there was always albums though, where like you would finish it, you'd get past the last song and the CD wouldn't stop. They'd like keep playing. And then it'd be like, you know, like several minutes of silence. And then there'd be some extra bonus content at the end. Oh yeah, I always hated that shit. Um, Nine Inch <laughs> Why Nails. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Nine Inch Nails did that on one of their albums. Like it had like ninety nine tracks, and like after the sixth track, it would have to go through. The, like there was a bunch of tracks of nothingness. I think, yep. I think a Beck album did the same thing. I want to think. I think it was Mellow Gold did that trick, or it might have been Odalay, one of those two. And um, I called those kind of albums shuffle killers because we had a carousel oh, that you could put ten CDs would. in. You're absolutely right. And you'd hit the shuffle all so you, everyone could have a good time at your, you know, Super Nintendo party. And the next thing you know, there's dead silence for seven minutes for no reason. 
because some stupid pretentious asshole decided to do that trick on their CD. <laughs> I had Primer Fifty Fives for a CD, and so of course it had fifty five tracks on it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, and the majority of them were like that. And, and you're right because I would have it in my five disc changer, and and occasionally you'd, look, you'd be like, "Why? What is this silence?" You'd look over and it'd be on like track thirty seven, and it'd play for three <laughs> seconds and then shuffle to something else. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, I get what they're trying to do, but it feels like after the, I, I don't know who the first guy that did that trick is, but I feel like they should have just let him have the prize and then never done it again. <laughs> okay, that was clever. Well done. Yeah. Well done. You've <laughs> mastered the art of meta CD production. So, <laughs> I think it was, it was on the first Korn album. There was a weird hidden track, and it was like two people arguing while they were working on a car. And it was like a, a guy like yelling, and like the person he was yelling at was Jerry. I think he was like, God fucking damn it, Jerry. I fucking did this to the fucking carburetor. And it's like, what am I listening to? What the fuck is this? You know what? On um, He used the second Corn album. Anyway, I digress. On Beastie Boys' Hello Nasty? Are you familiar with this? Yeah, there I was that a. One there was a track that you could only hear if you like let the thing play. Like there was no way to get to the track other than to let it get from like six to seven or wherever it was. It was like a 45 minute, like interlude between two songs. Like it wouldn't let you rewind or fast forward to on the CD for some reason. But if, if you played it naturally, you'd always get it. It was like, it was something in the way they like produced the CD where it wouldn't like, access that track unless you did it from beginning to end i yeah. just thought that was bizarre i don't know it, there, at least there it too didn't many bong rips in that point in time of my life <laughs> <laughs> like i i remember that i remember hello nasty being in my cd player for a long time because i had a, a fairly good uh subwoofer system in the back of my mustang and there was a lot of tracks on that that would just fucking beat like intergalactic was really good for that oh yeah yeah, that's so fucking thumb cars. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I think that that album really hits really heavy. That's probably I thought that was a great album. Whatever the next album was was the one where they fell off the cliff. Uh, to the five burrows. Oh okay, see, and I didn't buy that one. Oh well, good job. So yeah, I was just like, I didn't hear much of that one because it was like, I think I got I got uh, license to ill ill communication Paul's boutique. Check your head. Check your head. And then you got out right in time. Well, then there was Hello Nasty. I'm trying to think Hello if there was Nasty another was one in there. But then I bought Hello The Sounds Nasty. of Science when that, came, okay. when, when that came out. That was all the instrumentals all on one, and then they had like two or three new tracks. That was a good album. That was a good album. Yeah, Five Burrows was crap, but then um, Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 was pretty fantastic. It was still never as good as any of the old stuff, but it was way better than Five Burrows, and yeah. it was nice that they got that out there before MCA passed away. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, man. That's that's one of those things where it's reality hitting you in the face. Like you never fucking hear Beastie Boys come up with something new. Yeah, that one really got me. I, you know, the out of all the celebrity deaths, I think it was uh, MCA and Five Dog were the two that like actually brought me to tears when I heard about them. I don't honestly. I don't think there's any other celebrity that's died where I actually like started crying when I heard that they had died. Oh man, yeah. And, God, I don't know if I've ever had a celebrity death hit me like that. 
I mean, I've had ones where it's, it's just been kind of sad for me, you know, but I've never had any hit me too hard. At least not yet. Yeah, and I mean, I know there's the big ones. I mean, and this is such a morbid thing to talk about. <laughs> it is a little bit, but, <laughs> but like, the conversation like, naturally went there, so we're going to explore it. Yeah, but like Carrie Fisher and like Robin Williams, and like those are huge, and they really hit me, and they really impacted me when I found out they passed away, but I like didn't cry. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. So I don't know. I, I, it's MCA, though, and Fife Dog were just like, Man, those guys were in my ears for so much time in my life. And just like you said, that, you know, no one, there's no more Beastie Boys coming and everything. Yeah. And uh, MCA was just seemed like such a great dude behind the scenes, too. <laughs> yeah, I always had a high opinion of the Beastie Boys. They always just seemed like they were having a lot of fun with what they were doing. Yeah, not taking themselves too seriously and still dropping amazing beats and fucking doo doo lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> and their videos were so much fun. Remember how awesome the video for Sabotage was? Oh, yeah. That, that, that was amazing. That was like at the peak of the MTV era, too. Uh-huh. The Sabotage video. Oh, man. I, yeah, Intergalactic was fantastic. Um, even the older stuff was really good. Like, um, what was the one with the Predator Vision? That's the What You Want. Oh, okay. <laughs> out in the woods, and they do all the Predator Vision stuff. It was like that <laughs> was the cool video, the video effect. I you know, you know what I'm talking about—the Predator Vision, right? Where you oh, see yeah, all that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can the, kind of picture it in my head of of how it, it should have looked, but I don't think I've ever actually seen the video. Did I lose you? No, no. You hear me? All right. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> I'm gonna roll my window up. There's like people outside talking. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some unintentional guests on the podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. You don't have to pay these people, do you? And you get to hear my car. Star in my car. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, passersby, what'd you think of Justice League? <laughs> technical difficulties. All right, we're back. Had some technical difficulties there. <laughs> yeah, it's what happens when you try to podcast from your car. I, I turned my car on and rolled my window up because people started coming by and then it threw Joe into my car like stereo system. And so he was booming from all my speakers and then my mic wasn't working and then it put the call on hold. And so <laughs> like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, this is really exciting, though. Like, I'm going to get this down and I'm excited like the next trip to Chicago where I can just like car cast. Oh, cool. <laughs> no shit, right? That'd be a good use of the time. Yeah, exactly. Just find someone to talk to and record to and just do it for the whole three hours. I bet it would seem like a really quick trip. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, man. I, I've listened to a couple different podcasts that were like recorded on a plane. Oh, really? Plane cast? <laughs> yeah, which are kind of interesting because like the stewardess comes up like, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're recording a podcast. Oh. Do you want to drink? <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, this is probably your worst episode ever, right? <laughs> oh, not not yet, but I mean, hey, the night's young. <laughs> <laughs> Our aspirations. <laughs> Got to have them. Oh, dude, when I just brought up the little flight attendant thing, that is a job that I don't think I could have. Oh, yeah. You got to just be so chipper and so nice to people. I mean, are they? Do you have to be? I haven't had that much plane experience. See, I don't know. Years ago, I took like a real brief flights where I flew. 
I had to go to Jonesboro, Arkansas to learn how to do window tinting on cars in the, um, would have been 2003, 2002, maybe. I don't know. Fucking years ago. But it was the first time I ever flew and I had to do it by myself. And so I flew from Cedar Rapids, Iowa to Chicago, which was like really fast. And then from Chicago to Memphis, which was like a couple hours. And so on the two hour one, they like gave us a pack of peanuts. But yeah, yeah. But then last fall I flew to Germany and we actually had like two meals on that flight. And all those flight attendants were very professional. They were all, they were all very friendly and I didn't deal with any that were a dick, but I've heard nightmare stories from some people where you get someone that's like on a real power trip and it's like, if you argue with them at all, you know, it's like, they can fucking like have you arrested or some shit. Yeah. You don't want to mess around on the plane. (laughs) Definitely not anymore. Right. No, no. I mean, yeah, I um, I was gonna say I actually I haven't had too much experience in planes. I um actually did skydiving like three or four times before I actually ever landed officially in a plane flying to Vegas. Finally, eventually. No shit, you've, so, you've skydived more than once. Yeah, like four times, like all all on the same trip. Okay, were they all tandem jumps? Uh, they let us. We had to do the tandem jump the first time. And then once we passed that test, they let us do it as much as we wanted solo. Like wow. it, basically they would, the tandem guy would basically be a dead body, like attached to you. And if you had, if he had to do anything that you didn't do correctly, uh-huh. then you flunked. Okay. And so he was the, he was the expert and they taught you how to do it. It was like a, about a two hour class we had to take. And then it was like, all right, if you do everything, then you're good to go. And there was uh, six of us. And only two of us passed after the first jump. Wow. And um, yeah, and the other guys wanted to go home right away. And we were like, no, 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 no. That was way too fun. And we are going to do that by ourselves now. We will see you in 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, it's super fun. Like, I'm, I'm not very fearless by any means but i would do that again in a heartbeat i would never like you couldn't get me to bungee jump like that sensation seems terrible to me like i don't want to fall and then see something that i'm about to hit and then get jerked and snapped away from it and go flying like that doesn't seem like a fun time but the skydiving and the free falling was like one of the most beautiful serene amazing things i've ever done in my life like i have to revisit that yeah yeah that's a I've done free falling before just by taking giant falls and rock climbing. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's an interesting feeling. I can't imagine actually free in like I've like cliff jumped and stuff before. And so it's a weird feeling to fall for such a long ways that you're like, I'm forming complete thoughts while I'm in the air, <laughs> you know, and like, yeah. I can't even imagine it being that high up. And I, was, I've always heard so that it's crazy. like a huge grueling process to actually be able to 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 jump and not be you know either tandem or on a static line and actually be able to free fall but so that's cool man i like what was that like what, did you just go into a place and have to watch some videos and hear like an instructor yeah we watched or? some videos we watched videos and then we did an instructor and you do it like they like roll out a big orange mat and we basically like lay in this orange mat and like do all the positions we have to do like the hardest part about the whole thing is the very very beginning Like you get on the rail of the plane and then you jump off the plane and your body is just basically thrown into a loop and is confused. And it's that immediate 
getting your body straight and into the right position part that's kind of the do or die for people you know it's easy to just lose control right there and just kind of start spinning out of control you know it's getting your arms and legs arched and finding your you know center of balance and and just falling correctly you know wow so and it was really easy like i i was surprised that we were the only two people that passed and then it was like it was terrifying the first time but it was even more terrifying the second time doing it by myself and <laughs> <laughs> it's that that moment like where you have to jump off the plane is the moment like your brain is like what the fuck are you doing legs <laughs> And just like getting your brain to let your legs do that was like, once you did it, it was, it was just so crazy. I ended up hurting myself the last jump I did just being too cocky and trying to like land like a fucking daredevil. I was like coming in fast and I hit and fucking went spinning and shit and hurt my leg pretty bad. (laughs) So I didn't, I didn't break or sprain myself and it was and I know what I did wrong. Like, and the people were like, yeah, the instructor people were like yelling at me the whole time I was coming in as fast as I was. But I was like, no, I know what I'm doing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was super neat, though. It was right above like a golf course. And it was so crazy. Like the you could see all 18 holes of the golf course and like all the sand traps. And it looked like when you're playing Nintendo golf. And you see like what the what the hole looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. that aerial shot of it. Like, but in real life, like I'm seeing that with my own eyes. Like a, a little Hot Wheels golf, you know, course. And as you got closer and closer and closer, it would just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was one of the things that I would primarily focus on as I was falling, just because I was so blown away. And just the cars, like seeing cars move on a road from that high up as you're falling, was so crazy. Like that all looked like Hot Wheels to me, and not even real life from that high up wow dude so it was super fun i have a um i have to find it i know i have it somewhere but i actually have a dvd of me skydiving because i you could pay some guy like 40 bucks to jump in front of you and he would have a camera attached to his helmet and he would follow you down the whole way and record you as you're falling and so i was like ah what the hell we'll do that once too and i've got that dvd somewhere i'm really bad with electronics so i need to find a friend that i can upload this dvd to uh like the internet so i can upload this on facebook because it's pretty hilarious i'm like you know i'm flipping the guy off and doing the spider-man thwip at him and just doing all <laughs> as much goofy shit as i can do as i'm you know i'm hamming it up for the guy i paid to film me hamming it up yeah <laughs> so yeah that was a good time i if anyone out there has ever considered skydiving oh man do it it was so much fun what elevation did you jump from Oh God, I'm, I forget the numbers. I, it's been about 10 years. I, I, I feel like it was, it was really high is I, I, I'm not going to say something and sound dumb. I forget what, what we actually, <laughs> that's all good. I was just curious. <laughs> no, I wish I knew like I, they told us how high we were going up and for how long the, the free fall itself was like for over a minute. Wow. Before we, before we even had to like take our parachute and everything. So it was, it was really high up. It that was quite expensive so cool. too. Cause the, the gas itself is, is pretty expensive. And the initial jump was more than the rest than each additional one, but it, it was a pricey thing. I think I ended up spending like maybe like 300 bucks altogether when all was said and done. That's not too bad though. Really? 
I mean, yeah, considering yeah. the the quality of experience that you got out of it. Oh, exactly, exactly. And I, I guess it's more. Oh shit! Drop my mic. <laughs> I guess it's. It was cheaper because we brought so many people, and then once it got down to just being two of us, we had to pay more money because it was just the two of us paying for the fuel. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah and, that's and that's. I was gonna say I've never even been in a plane that small. Oh yeah, that was one of the weird parts too. Especially the it was that was the great thing about just being two people was when it was all of us were like all crammed in there with our tandem partners. And it was just like, let me jump out of this plane because I'm dying in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, and that was like the first time I'd ever even been in the plane. And it's like some rickety, like, stupid, like, Indiana Jones-looking plane. So that was pretty crazy. <laughs> Indiana Jones plane. <laughs> 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 I mean, he was all like, Jacques, there's a snake in here. <laughs> <laughs> like, it did not seem like the most, like, safest thing in the world, the plane. <laughs> so it, it, it had seen some use. But, I mean, these guys, it was a business. They did it day in and day out. So I assume they knew what they were doing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can hope so. <laughs> you think it would make the papers if, like, people are splatting every now and again, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I was hanging out over at a friend's house, and his uncle was over there, and his uncle had a pilot's license, and him and like a handful of other dudes owned a plane together. And so I got permission from my folks to go up for a a flight, and we drove to the airport, and then the plane wasn't in the hangar. And so it was like all this buildup of like, holy shit, I'm I'm going to get to fly in a plane. I've never done this before. And it's like, oh, there's no plane? We're not going to do this? Oh, okay. Oh, that sucks. I mean, that 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 kind of thing like builds up adrenaline at that point. Yeah, yeah. I think like, I was. Steven. I'd have been in, like seventh grade, maybe sixth, seventh grade, something like that. Oh man, I'll tell you what. After I skydived, I did not sleep that night. Like I, I was up until like eleven a.m. the next day before I finally like took a nap. Like just from the adrenaline and rush of it all. Oh wow. So I, I remember that being really crazy. Like I just couldn't like, I've never been like that before where I was like, I'm just so hyped and gung ho from that, that I, I just can't even sleep still. So yeah, it was such a rush. Do you have plans afterwards where you're like, I gotta go do this again. And then it just never really panned out to, to skydive more. Yeah. No, I, I've tried to get friends to go do it again. I kind of lucked into it that time. Um, it was just someone I knew for, friend was going and he decided to go too and if they could get six people it was going to cost a hundred bucks less you know and it was like i'll be that guy (laughs) nice yeah so i mean i didn't even really get to go with like really close buddies or anything so i would love to do it again with like you know five people that i was like great friends with you know yeah yeah that's just one of those things where it does seem like you're gonna go and do it in a group like you see that with beginners and rock climbing a lot like where it'll be like some easy route out in the woods in a public place and they'll just be like a dozen people camped out at the base and they're all taking turns like top roping this route, which is basically like kind of like bowling with bumpers. Okay. Yeah. It's like the ropes up above you the whole time. So there's no consequence from falling. Like if you're a beginner getting into climbing, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. I mean, if you're, I don't really know much about climbing, but wouldn't you always want to do it with at least one other person? Well, you always got to have one. You always want to have a partner with you, but yeah. like, but 
meaning like like what I'm talking about is like you'd see a beginner route with like a dozen people hanging out with like maybe one person that's there that's like an accomplished climber that could actually lead climb the route, set everything up safely, and then just hang out and be on belay duty all day while everybody gets their first experience climbing. And it's yeah, like I know, see what you're it's saying. fun. There's lots of smiles going around and stuff, but then after a while, like in public areas, you start to look at like the ecological impact of it. And like nothing grows anymore at the base of this route because everything's been trampled within like thirty feet of the fucking wall. And it's mm. just all hard packed dirt that when it rains, it's just all muddy mess of shit and you're slipping and sliding around everywhere and it's kinda <sighs> gro- it's kinda gross to see. It's a real bummer. It's just one of those consequences of it. if if it's an easy route and it's close to a parking lot, it's gonna get dry humped to death. That's sad. All those people having fun and destroying nature. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword because when all those <laughs> smiles are going around, people don't really realize that sort of stuff. And, and, oh, and so then I'm a bigger asshole when I walk past. And I'm like, hey, ruining the fucking nature, you fucks. <laughs> <laughs> you won't even be back here in a week. <laughs> and it's like, Joe, Joe, why, why are you a board member? of a fucking climbing coalition that works to bring access to more areas when a large part of my psyche is like, I fucking hate seeing fucking abuse the land takes when all these people come here. It's fucking really weird. Uh, You're your own worst enemy in that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) well, I kind of tricked into it because I kind of got into the being on that climbing coalition board because I knew how to build trails the right way. And so I would show up on these trail days and I'd be looking around at people. I remember like the one year this dude was using the back of a shovel to pound in a stake in the ground. And I was like, you fuckers didn't show up with a hammer when you knew you had to pound re-rod into the ground. What the fuck is wrong with you idiots? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, well, why don't you go over there and build your own little section? And I built that. And then when the dude from the conservation department, the director for Ling County Conservation, or it wouldn't have been Ling County, it had been Jones County walked through there he was uh he was like no this little section's what i've been telling them to do for years i'm like this is the section i did <laughs> and he's like would you want to be in charge of the, all the trail stuff for these people i'm like yes i would jeez oh, <laughs> isn't that a burden though uh, don't you not want to be that guy <laughs> these days yeah i don't want to be that guy yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. awful i've done it for fucking years now but it's like at the same time it's like i'm honestly afraid that if i don't keep doing stuff like that and like I have lots of connections with people who know how to build trail and stuff too. And so I guilt them into showing up on trail days too. But it's like, we've got Uh, such a revolving door of new people that it's like the last few years in a row, I've started to recognize some people that keep showing up. So I'm starting to hope for the future that I will be able to take a step back. Cause (laughs) it's going to build up a new sucker. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it it is tough though, dude, because I've walked, walked through this park before and like yelled at strangers for like doing stupid shit. And then I walk away being like, I don't like confrontation, but I also don't like that. That motherfucker has a hammock strung across the trail. What's wrong with him? <laughs> like that's oh, common man. fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. And then you got to deal with the people themselves. Like most people aren't going to be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me, let me correct that action. No, they're never like that. <laughs> <laughs> silly me (laughs) dude i i remember i saw this one guy he had his shit set up all fucking jacked so like it was just not an ideally safe setup the way that he had these people top roping the way that his anchors were at the top 
like the life support system. And, okay. uh, and so I'm like kind of standing there watching a little bit. And I'm like, I noticed your anchors are like not equalized and kind of jacked up there. He's like, you know, I've been climbing for 25, 30 years. And I was like, oh, this is the way this is going to go. And I went, it's a miracle you're still alive. (laughs) 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 He got so mad. He huffed and puffed. And so I just just laughed and walked away. I was like, "Eh, there's no more talking to this guy. So, yeah, I make friends at that park, but I don't fucking care. I don't climb there. I just go there to do community service. (laughs) Because it was honestly so embarrassing the first time I went there. I was like, this is such a shithole. Like, what the fuck? That's awesome, though. I mean, it's, that's, that's good community service. It's worthwhile. Like, you know, the parks are important. Yeah, yeah. I got to get away from climbing, though. It, at least as far <laughs> as talking about it on the podcast, I can hear people fucking shutting off. <laughs> oh, really? Is that, is that a thing? <laughs> I can only I imagine it, it bores the shit out of I've people. I've never heard a single episode. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit all right yeah talk about talk about other things oh uh, we talk about no but on the real it's a fun sport and if you ever get the chance to try it you'd probably be good at it because you're you're a skinny like lighter dude so you probably got a good strength to weight ratio so you'd probably have a really fun time doing it it's harder to do when you're a big guy yeah that does sound i i think i would have a lot of fun doing that i i guess i just don't know like the gateway to it because i mean i love like climbing trees still yeah <laughs> it's not much different than that except you know just vertical up a thing right yeah oh absolutely yeah and i've heard there's some pretty good places in illinois too uh there's huh. a there's some place down in southern illinois called jackson falls that's all uh sandstone it looks cool but it's like an eight hour drive for me so i've never done it Mm-mm-mm. you have to send me a link to that i'll look into that oh absolutely that would be, that'd be something if i'm gonna do it i need to do it like now like <laughs> <laughs> right. i'm too old and brittle and ancient <laughs> I'll plan it out sometime where it's like I'll I'll plan a trip to maybe to Jackson Falls and I'll swing by and pick you up. <laughs> that sounds good. How far away is it for me? Do you think? Um, I'm trying I'm just, to think. Now, now we're podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> I'd I'd have to check the map, but I might have to drive through Peoria on the way. And you're kind of in that area, I think, right? Yeah, that's right where I'm at. Yeah, Peoria. Yeah, that might work out. Okay, we, I'll, I'll consult a map and stuff, and we'll get this figured out at some point, because that would be fun. I'd, yeah, I'd take that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome, because that, that's just the thing. It's like, it's like, how do I go? It's like, I can't just go by myself. You know, I don't know what the hell's going on. Oh, no, but, yeah. Well, climbing's one of those things where you do need to have an in. You need to know somebody that knows what they're doing, because there's nothing scarier than two noobs out in the woods <laughs> when you're dealing with something where the consequences are like, it's like literally life-threatening consequences if you do shit wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds fun. I'm excited. So <laughs> yeah, you have to, get to send me cool. a link to this place. Oh yeah, yeah, I will. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So how do we get this back on track? Oh, so yeah, before we started recording, you you liked Justice League for all the wrong reasons, and I was like, oh, we're definitely bringing that back up. Oh yeah, I was telling you how much I love Justice League. You were telling me that you were thinking about doing commentary episodes. Yes, and I absolutely. Imme- I, I immediately said, if you do one for Justice League, I'd really like to to be a part of that because <laughs> I just recently watched Justice League again about a month ago, and oh man, I had such a great time. But like you know, for all the wrong reasons, like I I just I love how much of a like just terrible movie it is. I, I know that's I guess that's a polarizing thing to say. I know there's people out there that don't think it's a giant piece of shit 
but <laughs> <laughs> but it is and it's such like an impressive giant piece of shit like there's just like <laughs> so much going on that we still don't even know like in the making of that movie right like just all the wacky like Zack Snyder stuff that happened and you know him going off the project and the rumors of whether or not you know that was really legit you know I, I don't know if you've heard all that kind of stuff oh yeah yeah lots of weird behind the scenes drama and yeah yeah and, and you know was there a Zack Snyder cut of the film where it was all super dark and it was just Joss Whedon that came in with the studio's direction of hey we need to make people fucking smile a little bit with this yeah it's just so like cobbled together like it's like the most like we have to just make this movie because we're this invested in it already type of thing like i i really don't understand how even the dc hardcore faithful can like love this movie like it really bewilders me like it to me it's such an embarrassment like if superman and batman and flash and all these people were my favorite characters like i i could not like this movie in the way that i like it like, I'm enough removed from those characters. Like, I don't hate those characters by any means, but I don't have posters of them or childhood nostalgia too much for them. So it doesn't hurt my feelings that they're basically the spirit of them is being pissed on for two hours in these movies. <laughs> There's like a handful of good nods in it, but overall it's a weird Frankenstein of a movie. And, dude, I've, I saw it in the theater once, and I bought the digital the week that it came out, and I have not... <laughs> been able to make it the whole way through the movie and i've started it several times <laughs> i wish i i need to buy it because i would really like to see the uh like the blu-ray special features <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and i haven't dared even even look at any of that shit but <laughs> oh man i love it though i i like i need to see it again soon too it's just so ridiculous i've never seen a property more mishandled in my life and it's like the fact that we're still chugging along after that too just kind of blows my mind right yeah yeah like, it's, it's oh. like, uh, i don't there were moments in that that just made me happy as a dc fan but overall the film like it kind of bummed me out it, it bums me out that i've owned it for that long and i've never been stoked to like sit and watch the whole thing and it's just such a whimper too. Like for Justice League to hit and whimper like that is like such a disappointment. Like I, I feel bad for the DC fanboys, honestly. Like I, I know I joke and everything, but I, I really do. Like I know what it's like to fucking love something and then have it shat on in the cinema. So <laughs> yeah, Dark Tower. Yeah, <laughs> it hurts, man. I, I get it. I feel bad for these guys. It's just oh man. The Superman resurrection thing is what blows. I, I, that part is so fucking ridiculous. Like how you can mishandle <laughs> one of the coolest things to ever happen in the comic books so badly. I still stand by you can't write a dumber way to bring Superman back to life. Like anything else you can think of is better than what they did. Oh, it was like, so anything. convoluted. It was so convoluted and stupid. <laughs> oh, God. Like, he could have just shown up and it would have been better. So bad. <laughs> and I, I love how we just Cavill like is a like Cavill's a fine actor. I don't necessarily hate Cavill, but it's like every one of these movies he's playing a different fucking Superman and there's no consistency to it at all. And it's and and the Justice League one is the most ridiculous one where he's like smiling and saving cats and everything. It's like <laughs> for for two movies all you gave a fuck about was having sex with Lois and now you're fucking 
now you give a shit about saving cats? Like, ugh. Do you think uh, so, a lot? Well, a lot of that just had to have been the direction that he was given as an actor, right? Oh yeah, a lot of it's Zack Snyder, like you know. And and I get what they're doing. Like the idea of what Zack Snyder wanted to do with the franchise isn't necessarily a terrible idea. Like you know, kind of grounding it a little more and just like exploring some more real life emotions, I guess. And doing it a little bit more in an artsy way than kind of the Marvel way. Like, the, the, the idea isn't so much terrible. It's just the execution. Like, because Snyder is basically trying to do the same thing that Nolan did for the exactly. Batman movies. Yeah. And, I mean, that kind of worked. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I'm, not the, I'm not the biggest fan of those either, though, to be honest with you. Well, same here. And it was, I was a huge fan of Batman Begins. And then that was what really sparked me off on that character where I was like, this is really interesting. I want to know what his origins were in the comic. And so I started just going to my local library and just checking out every paperback trade they had. And then I started going to Barnes and Noble and actually fucking paying retail for paperback trades, which is still painful to this day. I look at all my old DC trades and I'm like, God damn, that collection could have been twice as big if I'd had Amazon back then and fuck Barnes and Noble. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it, was, it was that long ago i guess huh yeah yeah it was a long time this was back in the days where i'd dial up internet and i was logging onto my local libraries like you know internet login and browsing through their selection and finding every trade i could and reserving it oh man even back then i had the um like comic book subscription services where yeah, you could, I, I mean it was it was still dial up and everything but you know see i didn't buy like an actual comic book until until rebirth came out that was like those are the first like actual comic books i bought everything up to that point were just all paperback trades yeah i really i really miss comics i am i love comic books but it's just one of those things where it's like there's no cheap way to be a fan of comic books that is true like um it, it really helps to have a comiXology unlimited subscription because there's a shitload of trades that you can read on there and at least get like a few volumes in sometimes you can get a really good deal. Like I was able to read the complete collection of girls by the Luna brothers. And I couldn't believe I was able to read that entire thing for free on comiXology. I was yeah, like, that's nice. what's, what, what's up? What's that charge, Joe? A month. I think it's seven ninety nine a month. That's not bad. That's not bad. No, no, not at all. Considering the amount of books you get, you can get on it. And then usually like if you, if you were to buy you know, like new digitals on it for like for number one comic books. If I can't find, uh, find it in print in the store, I usually just get it on my comicsology, and it's pretty pretty easy that way. Um, the only yeah. thing that sucks is I need to get a memory card for my phone because I've got enough pictures and, and music and shit on there now that it's like I can only keep one or two comic books on there before I get space uh, warnings. <laughs> so I need to get yeah. like a micro SD card or something to expand the memory on it. But. I just, when I start collecting something, I get so OCD with it. And it's like, I can't just, like, if I'm into comic books, then I'm into comic books. And I'm like, I got the previews every month and I've got everything circled. And I'm, it's like, I can't just like half ass it. So I just kind of had to step away, unfortunately. It was just one of those things that I just couldn't afford anymore. But I mean, they never go away. Eventually I can, you know, go back and read a bunch of really great stuff. But I do miss it, man. I used to be that, you know, the every Wednesday guy. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I know. When I first started my pull list, it was like, I'm not going to have any more than 10 titles. And I think it's up to like <laughs> two dozen now. But w- with a lot of that, I'm like, well, that's a mini series. This is going to go away soon. And then my pull list is going to shrink. <laughs> they know what they're doing. They oh, replace totally. that mini series with another mini series as soon as the, the one you were reading ends. So you're never actually really canceling that title. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> they know what they're doing and i just like i was such a sucker for that shit i mean i i'm like the perfect sap for like the way marvel marketed their events and everything i'm just so ocd about it like oh if it has the civil war banner i guess it's important and i have to read it and 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 like i was that guy and i was self-aware that it was like oh this was completely pointless but oh i gotta have everyone with the civil war banner in my box so or i don't have the complete collection (laughs) <laughs> I did that with Dark Knight's Metal when when DC just did, did that event because they yeah. had was I think they had either two two tie-in arcs that like brought in other books where like the first one you needed some random issue of Teen Titans and Nightwing and Green <laughs> Arrow and then like the next one you needed random issues of I think Suicide Squad and Justice League and it was like of course I wasn't subscribed to any of those and so i didn't get them and then became obsessed with them after the fact after i read the digitals and then was like well now my dark knight's metal collection isn't complete and so i ended up picking them all up <laughs> i like went to my comic shop and bought all the ones i could find on the shelf and of course fucking i think it was like teen titans 13 or something like that that was the first appearance of the batman who laughs which that character is like it's a batman from the dark dimension where it's like the Batman with the characteristics of the Joker. Okay. And so like in the comics, he's like super fucking creepy. He like wears this, like his cape looks almost more like a weird long trench coat. And he's got this like weird crown that covers up his eyes with all these spikes coming off of it. And then all the Robins that he has look like zombie versions of Robins. And they're all like cannibalistic and he keeps them on leashes with chains. So that's super popular. Yeah, yeah, and so that was the first appearance of that character, and so by the time I bought it on eBay, it was like fucking twenty four ninety five or something Oof. for a three ninety nine book. But I'm like, it's gonna raise in value. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's the lie I tell myself. But it's like I honestly, I take really good care of my books. They're they're all going bags and boards as soon as I buy them, and 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 I'm careful with them when I read them. So really, realistically, someday if I could find someone to buy them or just piece them out over eBay. I could get, you know, maybe 75% of retail back from a majority of them, but it would be work that I'd have to put into it. Yeah. And the fact that you have the whole set makes a big deal, right? It'll be a lot easier to sell that as a set than it will be like each individual issue. It's like, here you go. A complete set of Batman metal. Yeah. So that'll be good. Yeah. I miss the old, when I was a kid, when they did crossovers like that, they kind of ran them a little bit different, like Galactic Storm and a lot of the X-Men ones. It would They wouldn't have like a, a big banner book and then make you buy a million other issues. The, the crossover would happen piece by piece in the comic book. You know, like Captain America would be part one and Iron Man would be part two and Quasar would be part three. And, and I always thought that was a little bit more fun. And I remember a lot of those titles, like keeping with them, like the titles that I didn't read, but I had to pick up to get part seven. Like, they got me. I was like, oh, I want to know what's going to happen with these characters once this crossover's over, you know? (laughs) Oh, now I'm reading seven more books a month. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's sneaky, the way they rope you in with that shit. 
Uh, I got cars honking outside now. <laughs> uh, my um, my grandparents were super great when I was a kid. Like they really encouraged me to just read as much as I could. And I, I was a very I, at a very early age, I was really into like reading like books and everything. And um, they were like, you know, we'll buy you if you want a comic book, we'll buy it for you. And as soon as I found out about the local comic book store and like subscription service, like they brought me there. I was probably like nine, 10 years old. And they told me I had to subscribe to at least 10 books a month for them to save them for me. And my grandparents were like, yeah, subscribe to as many as you want. And I mean, you know, God bless them until I was probably like 17. They paid for all my comic books. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, so I would just, I would just read everything. And like, I was a, a Marvel fanboy and I would dabble in the DC too, but I wouldn't like empty my grandparents wallet completely. I would just read one or two titles there. But yeah, I mean the way the Marvel engine rolled, like after a year of it, I was probably reading like three quarters of the titles. So <laughs> nice. See, Marvel, oh, I loved it. Marvel books are the ones that I'm going back and catching up on now. And after, after infinity war, I read infinity gauntlet again and really, really liked it. And then so far I've read the first issue of Infinity Watch. And I've also read the first issue of Infinity War. Mm, yeah. After Gauntlet, the whole thing kind of falls downhill, in my opinion. Yeah, just right. reading Are that first issue Infinity of Infinity War? War, I was like, I don't think I'm going to finish this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this, this is kind of weird. It's pure 90s bullshit where they're just like, let's make cool, evil versions of every character and how fucking cool will that be? Like, there's really not much thought behind it, right? You know what I'm talking? It's like, uh, it's even cooler and eviler hob, evil, more evil Hobgoblin and Spider-Man and all these other, like, what were they called? The doppelganger versions of all the characters is yeah. what gets introduced. <laughs> I know. That's that first issue, I was like, wow, this is... Okay, this this isn't really shedding any light on anything that was like maybe the Easter eggs in the movie or shit like that. This is I mean because it seems like Infinity War was it was mostly based off the Infinity Gauntlet story and then loosely at that. Yeah, I find that whole thing to be quite hilarious actually. That the the name of the movie is Infinity War, and that the actual Infinity War comic is like so distant from from that like Thanos really isn't even in the picture by Infinity War I believe right he's like a good guy in it oh yeah he's like he's like on a plantation like farming when we run into him again or some nonsense right that's right that's right and, <laughs> and like but he's on a plantation farming yet he's built very sophisticated computer machinery in his shack that uh, like a, employs like you know British sci-fi technology so like you go inside and it's cavernous. <laughs> uh, the Marvel machine does such a terrible job of bringing the millions and billions and trillions of movie people into the comic book stores. Like, right. They, they, like they couldn't make it any less accessible at this point. They're so terrible at that. Right. Oh yeah. Well, that's something that, that Jordan on the supercast, when we were doing comic cast together, he even mentioned it on the last episode, the episode right before this, um, me and him talked with Doug Wagner, um, about the hard, uh, the hard place. And Jordan was going on about, you know, why does Marvel, you, they bring all these people to the theater. Why don't they advertise what's going on in their comic books as like trailers before these movies? Yeah. I at at a comic convention at a C2E2. I asked that question at a panel and Brian Michael Bendis like shamed me 
Like he was a really? real <laughs> yeah. I, he's like basically he just like gave me the ultimate cop out answer in that like he, he has no control over that. He would love it if they could you know do something. And I, I my question was every time a new at the time it was Thor one was coming out. And every fucking Marvel comic book had a really ugly Thor banner on it telling me what the date of the movie Thor was coming out. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't understand why that's even necessary. It gets exactly. in the way of the, it gets in the way of the beautiful art on the cover and everyone already buying these comic books. Ah, I dropped my mic. <laughs> everyone, everyone already buying the books are the pe- the only people that already knew when this movie was coming out in the first place. You're like, overselling the audience you already have like how hard is it to reverse that strategy and have a 30 second ad before a thor movie telling you that and the the craziness is that thor was rebooted they were starting with a brand new thor number one it's like the perfect opportunity for the movie to sell the fucking book and they can't do that they can't hold each other's hand yeah you know it makes makes no sense dude and that is a perfect point like somebody's going to be in the comic book store picking up thor and then they look at it and go oh there's a movie being made yeah that person doesn't (laughs) exist that's an imaginary person (laughs) yeah so what it's the biggest fucking waste of advertising money they could possibly spend having a thor movie banner and it's on i don't know if they still do this kind of thing anymore for the movies but it was every cover you know, Deadpool, X-Men, Cable, everything tells you when the Thor movie's coming out. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? It's so pointless. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Bendis was a real dick about it. And then um, Matt Fraction was at that panel. And Matt Fraction actually um, – God, I keep dropping my mic. Matt, Matt Fraction <laughs> – I apologize. It's a stupid car cast for me. But Matt <laughs> Fraction agreed with me. He was like, I think that's a great idea. He said, I've actually tried to get Chris Hemsworth – to do a photo shoot for one of the covers of my Thor comic book to try to get some, you know, synergy between the two properties and maybe more people would buy the comic if it had like the movie photo on the cover of it. But he's like, that's the closest I've been able to come to um, try to capitalize off of the movie stuff because the comic book is so much like the Marvel offices for the comics are so distant from the actual like Marvel studio section, you know? Mm-hmm. They really have little to nothing to do with each other except like on a like consultant level here or there. So it's super unfortunate. Yeah. And I understand why they would put, you know, the star of the movie on the cover of the book because it would just generate that for the average person if they just see it somewhere they'd be like, "Oh, book version of the of the movie that I've seen with the character that I readily recognize from the TV." You know, okay, I'm going to pick this up. But a part of me, like, I look for any older version of that book I can find that doesn't have the movie, you know, cover on it. Yeah, exactly. But I don't mind if it means we're going to get even a hundred new comic book readers, then fuck it. Give me the movie photo cover and that's the only one I can get. Yeah, and that's the better way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, we'll go back to the goods next month. I just whatever it takes. I, I don't understand why they want to, you know, basically bite the hand that feeds them. Like, this is the company that's churning out the stories that eventually you're making trillions of dollars off of. Why? Why aren't you helping them more? It'd be so easy to do. Yeah. Yeah, because 
I remember I, I, the first time I saw the Born Identity, I thought it was fucking awesome. And I, that was one where I just saw the trailers. And so then as soon as I saw the DVD for sale and I hadn't seen it in the theater or anything, I just bought the DVD. And I was watching it at home and I was like, oh, this is fucking amazing. And my dad came home from work and he's like, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, it's the Born Identity. And he goes, oh, it's, he goes, that's based on a Robert Ludlum book. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I got the paperback downstairs because my dad's always been a voracious reader. Okay, nice. And so he went downstairs and grabbed it and tossed it. He's like, read it. You really like it. Because he watched the movie for a little bit. And he's like, oh, he goes, this is just loosely based on the book. The book, he's like a Vietnam vet. The, you know, the kind of the issues that he had and all the stuff that he went through was in Vietnam. And he's like, they just kind of updated this. He's like, I think you'd like the book, though. And I read the book, and the book is fucking amazing. And so finish the born identity i'm so stoked i go out and buy a copy of the born supremacy and it has matt damon's face on the cover because of course <laughs> it does <laughs> yeah they did that with all the movie tie-in books like there's always that addition right with the you know but it's the same thing there like you got to look at it like on the bright side like if that gets a hundred more even that small amount of new people to pick up a book just because they're you know connect because i think that's why i started reading when i was a kid I think I read the Back to the Future 2 novelization because it came out two weeks before the movie. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, well, I want to know the goods now. So I'm going to read this book. So, And I'm sure there's more people out there. And probably not as much in today's day and age where, you know, like a book rack is something that you see all over the place. But Yeah, that was my know. introduction to Michael Crichton. I saw Jurassic Park and I was like, I want to read the book. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I remember reading Jurassic Park when I was already just like whole hog into like reading stuff like that when that book came out. So yeah, that was that was nuts. That really made me hate the sequel though, having read the book because the Lost oh, World book was so good. That's what I was just gonna say. That the plot in that is so cool, and we don't even get that character, that awesome <laughs> character that they go and like they gotta go to the island to make sure he's okay and shit. And I guess they kind of, in a way, made that the basis for for julianne moore's character but like not really and yeah yeah that fuck that's a book i had to go back and read again of course these days it would be i'd have to just listen to it on audiobook yeah that that wouldn't be i've got a credit i wouldn't mind going through that one again i actually did jurassic park just like maybe three or four years ago oh cool (laughs) on an audiobook and it was a lot of fun so jurassic park is probably my favorite movie of all time oh no shit yeah, the first Jurassic Park. I, I fucking love it. It's like the movie I associate the most with just like pure falling into the fantasy of seeing a movie in the movie theater. Like I to this day, I don't think I've ever like just fell into the fiction of it all as much as that first Jurassic Park. And it was just like it was the best special effects we'd ever seen at that time. And yeah. it, it's one of those leaps that made a difference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like that's the leaps that we say. get. Yeah, the leaps that we get now. I mean, obviously, if you watch the first Avengers movie compared to Infinity War, Infinity War looks so much better. But it's not like it doesn't blow my mind. It's not this super giant leap like it was to see like stop motion animation dinosaurs into what we saw in Jurassic Park. It was like the first time we'd ever seen anything like that. And then just, you know, it's classic Spielberg kind of white knuckle thriller stuff going on on top of that. And I don't know, it's just pure, I can watch it a million times, and every time I love it more and more. I think it's why I hate all the sequels. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And as they go on, they got worse and worse, but I enjoyed Jurassic World. I liked that one. Yeah, I concede that Jurassic World is the best of all the sequels, but I'm still not the biggest fan of it. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll like give I, you that. But I mean, fuck. After Jurassic Park three, <laughs> they could only go up from there, right? I mean, they kind of hit rock bottom on that one. Yeah, I can, can you give me a pause for a second, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. All right. Hey, Joe, I wanted to talk to you about I'm trying to adopt two orange male kittens for Michelle for her birthday. Okay. Because she's just always wanted orange males. And I'm having a nightmare with the person that I'm trying to. Hopefully, they don't listen to this podcast. Probably a good chance they won't, though. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. On a side note, I won't be helping you advertise this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough but, fair um, enough <laughs> but any, anyway i have it's a nightmare trying to get these cats because she wants to pay the cheapest amount possible to get them fixed before she gives them to us uh-huh. and that involves having their ears clipped have you seen when cats get this done what why what is the pro- point of the ears clipped i've never heard of this I, go- I googled it and all it's really for is when they pick up a stray cat and fix it they like clip their ear before dropping it back off or whatever. So they, that people know that it's a stray or whatever. That's fucked up. Yeah. It's super messed up. And I keep telling this lady, like, I don't, I was like, I don't want my cat's ears mutilated. And she's like, well, I don't want to, it's going to cost so-and-so. And I'm like, well, whatever it costs, uh, what, you know, to not get their ears chopped, I'll pay it. Just tell me what it costs. And now she's like throwing a big fit about it and acting like she's not going to let me have the cats unless I let her have it done her way. And I don't understand what the fuck is going on here. It's a, it's a nightmare. No shit. It's like, I see tons of photos of cats on the internet day in and day out, you know? And I can't think, I, I don't think I've ever seen one photo where the cat's got its ear, like a quarter of it clipped off, you know? No, that just sounds barbaric. Why would you do that to an animal? I mean, I don't understand it when people do it with pit bulls. I don't, and so I don't get it why they would be done with a cat, and they only do it to one ear. Yeah, just a, just a one ear. We're not going to have any symmetrical cat heads, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the asymmetrical cat head deal you're getting from this shady fucking vet's office that's run out of the back of a van. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? I. It's so fucked up. And this lady is like such a creepy cat lady. I work with this lady. So, God, I don't care, though. You, you fully published this. <laughs> I, I think I'm cre- safe. I know creepy cat ladies, so it's okay. <laughs> so, like, Michelle wants to, like, go see the kittens. So, we're like, I'm like, all right, we'll go do that. So, I take her over to this lady's house, and she owns 21 cats. Oh, okay. my God. <laughs> and this is not including the kittens. 21 adult cats and the kittens and the minute we go in this house it like reeks of litter box you know it's like Uh 50% urine 50% pneumonia smell so it's terrible and so she starts talking to us about like what kind of litter we use and you know Michelle's like oh we use tidy cat you know the scoopable tidy cat and she's like no you shouldn't use that let me show you what kind of litter I use because it makes it so there's no smell at all. And <laughs> it was That's ironic. I have never struggled not to laugh so hard in my life. <laughs> like I was just like 
boiling inside. I thought my head was going to like pop off my neck like a balloon at her saying this. And like, oh, as soon as we got out of the house, I couldn't stop talking to Michelle about it. I'm like, oh my God, like, we're standing in your house, lady. Like, how can you tell us that lie? Like, it's one thing if you're telling us what kind of litter to use, like somewhere where we're not standing in your urine smelling house. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, right? Well, and also, so, uh, who's this lady to like be giving you cat advice when she wants to have these kittens fucking mutilated before selling them to you? Yeah, and I didn't notice any of her cats having these mutilations done. I don't know what's going on. I'm like really freaked out. And I, but it's like, I really want these two orange brothers, you know? It's like, just give me, let me save these cats from you and your mutilating ways. Well, can't, do, do, do they have to be like neutered before you get them? Could you get them and take them to your own vet to neuter them? I'm trying to get her to do that, but she's telling me that like she's done that before and then the cats have been let loose and then the police know who she is and her crazy cat lady ways and then she gets like fined for it. Oh so, my God. Yeah, this I, lady does sound way crazy. So I don't even live in the same town as this lady, though. So I'm like, hey, I promise you that they'll never trace this cat back to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no my, kidding, My right? police don't know you. Like, we're good. Just let me. I'm like, you see your Facebook friends with me. You see the pictures I post of my cat. Obviously, it's a loving, happy cat. And your cat's going to have a loving, happy home. Isn't that what you want? Like, isn't that the end goal here? Getting rid of these kittens? Like, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not going to be like the Michael Vick of kittens. And yeah. like, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> like I'm good. I'm a good, responsible cat owner and these cats will be loved. Give them to me and don't cut their ear off. Yeah. Do you think she has oh, toxoplasmosis? What is that? Okay. So that is a disease that, that cats carry that can infect humans. And it's actually like a parasitic disease. And, uh, wow, what, what are the symptoms? Oh, let's see. We'll look it up. <laughs> well, one of the things, I just watched a documentary about it the other day, and it was showing these mice that were like running up to cats and like standing on their hind legs and like bitch slapping these cats across the face. And these oh mice God. were infected with, with toxoplasmosis, this parasite that's in there. And the parasite, it gets into the mouse's brain and it shuts off its fear centers so because this this fucking bacteria it can only breed inside the brain of a cat and so when it gets in a mouse it causes the mouse to do something that will get eaten by a cat wow that's yeah. bizarre yeah and one of the ways it can manifest in 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 people is that it'll like make people more reckless and just people have questionable decision making but mm. according to this it says Occasionally, there may be a few weeks or months of a mild flu-like illness. In a small number of people, eye problems can develop. Wow, and if, if a woman gets it when they're pregnant, they can pass it on to the child, which, which might not be good. Because I've always heard that like pregnant ladies shouldn't deal with like cat litter boxes and stuff. Yeah, I've always heard that, too. I never really knew the science behind any of that, but that makes sense. Yeah. I always thought it just had more had to do with like breathing in like the urine fumes or whatever. Yeah, it, it it seems to be more of a toxoplasmosis thing. I don't know. It, but the the thing, I wish I could remember where I saw that documentary. It had to have been on Netflix. <laughs> you know, every, everything's on fucking Netflix these days, right? 
Yeah, but yeah, this is. I mean, I, I, I just today this was like had come to a boiling point because she's like freaking out on me today and telling me that she's gonna. She's like, I'm just done with it. I'm not gonna let anyone adopt these cats, and I'm just gonna take them and drop them all off at Taps. And uh, I'm like, God, just do that, okay? I'll, at this point, it would be easier to adopt these cats from Taps than to deal with what's going on here. No kidding. And, it's Michelle's met the kittens and like bonded with them a little bit. So it's like, she really wants them. But I mean, she's just as horrified as I am about like what's going on here. And it's like, I don't, I hate to say it, but if, if this is how it's going to have to be, I'm just going to have to find other cats. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, <sighs> it, it's, it's hard to have to do something with like a crazy person. You know? <laughs> it, it just is because they're not seeing the same fucking reality that you're living in. Yeah, I just I just don't get it at all. And I she's there's two other people I work with that are also getting kittens, okay? And this is what brought it to a boiling point is I brought it up to the other two people to find out if they were okay with their cats getting their ears cut like that. And they had no idea that this was even going to happen. And then once they found out for me it was going to happen, they were horrified, and then they brought it up to her, and then she got super pissed that I told them. And it's like, "Well, well, of course. Just, yeah. <laughs> you know? you, and she kept getting very upset at me because I kept using the words like mutilation and mutilated. I wasn't a big fan of those words to describe the process <laughs> that that she was going to have done to these cats. But and I was like, I just. Ah. Well, it, it's amazing like, to me that she can dislike the word, but still want to go through with the practice. <laughs> I guess the yeah the word's harder to ignore. <laughs> um, people are so fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, people are super fucked up. So yeah, I've never dealt with like my closest exposure to crazy cat lady is like the Simpsons character, and it's like <laughs> oh oh I get that stereotype now. It's very exaggerated, but I I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Growing up every Sunday, I used to uh, drive up north with my grandma, and she would go to her mom and dad's farm that she grew up on, and she'd clean her mom's house, and I'd just hang out and play on the farm. And as an adult, I came to realize that great-grandma was maybe a crazy cat lady, because she there was all these strays on the farm, and she'd get up like at the crack of dawn every morning and make pancakes from scratch, and she'd I, I don't know if she'd feed them all to the cats, but every time I was up there, cats were eating pancakes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? <laughs> Man, those cats were living high on the hog. That's good stuff. They were. But can you imagine being a kid surrounded by 30 cats? None of them will let you pet them <laughs> because they're all oh. borderline feral and they're just there <laughs> for the pancakes. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I need to. Oh, man. I need to Google this ear thing more. I have no idea. Let me look this up. You, you got computer right there to you? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like freaking out about this. <laughs> okay. Do you think it would be like clipped ears or? Ear clip cats. I just, oh my <laughs> yeah, gosh. Yeah, I check that out. I'd only ever heard of that in pit bulls before. And I, and I thought Identifying that... sterilized feral cats. That's what it's for? Ear t- yeah, ear tipping is the universal sign of an altered feral cat. A quarter inch is removed from the tip of the left ear in a straight line cut. Some communities also prefer to move remove three eighths of an inch off the tip of the ear. Wow. Okay. 
That is, but, that's still, I, I still say that's barbaric. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm an animal lover. And so when I hear about things like that, it, it makes my blood boil. And it's like, yes, I understand there are problems with, with cats overpopulating and shit like that. But in the case of what you're doing, especially, it's like, these are cats that are going to be coming into a loving home. You you don't need to have it's this done to it. This a isn't a feral cat. That's what I was just going to say, dude. This is, yeah. this is a cat that's not going to be, you know, this isn't going to be the fucking Oliver Twist of cats or whatever living out on the streets someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fucking Aristocats. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, this is the last thing I expected to talk about on Starcast with you, but it's it's it. It was just so much in my face today, and I'm just so nervous about whether or not I'm going to be able to get these kittens. Yeah, like, Dude, I, I hope it pans out well for you. I, I hope the lady kind of comes to her senses and realize. Well, and you would also think that it's like, look, you don't have to pay any vet fees at all. You just let me take these cats. I'll take them to my own vet in my own town. Yeah, makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, you can come with. Like we'll make it we'll make it an event. Like, you know, <laughs> you're more than welcome to come to the vet with me and like see this happen if you need proof that these cats are going to be well, you know, come. I'll give you the the tour of my apartment like I'm adopting a child for Christ's sakes. Yeah. You know? <sighs> All right. <laughs> I'll try to settle down about the feral cats. <laughs> No, dude. Well, especially like a podcast like this. I mean, we're basically just shooting the shit, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, if something like that's been weighing on your mind, yeah, it's going to come up. Why not? <laughs> and also, I, oh, I I'd never heard of that before, man. Yeah, I'd never really had either until dealing with this. Like, because when I first heard about it, I was just instantly horrified. I was like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the right fucking reaction. Yeah. And she said, like, the first time we talked about it, she told me it would cost about 10 to $20 more to get it done at the other place. And I'm like, well, get it done there and I'll pay the difference. Like whatever it costs more than what you were going to do to not have that ear thing done, I'll do it. And she's uh-huh. like, well, I'll make a few phone calls and see what I can do. And then like every day she kind of like hints to me that the only like the ear clip thing is definitely going to happen and i'm just like no please please don't no kidding that's fucking weird yeah and i I don't know and i I don't want to be a jerk and like not take these kittens because that's what's going to happen to them or whatever but i I don't i I don't even know what my hands are tied at this point i don't even know what to do (laughs) yeah oh (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Like, like I said, Michelle's already met the damn things. I, uh, what a nightmare. <laughs> no, yeah, it, do, it does. That sounds like a fucking nightmare situation, man. I, I, I hope it pans out for you. Yeah. I'll keep you updated. I'll let you know what goes on with the kittens and their ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we already picked out names for them. We're going to name them Natsu and gray. Oh, so, cool. <laughs> uh, but maybe not now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, one thing I got to thank you for. You hit me up on, I think, Monday. And you were like, hey, did you see that new Childish Gambino video? And I was like, no, not yet. But I'd been seeing like posts on it on Twitter all weekend, but I hadn't clicked on any of them. I'm really bad at clicking on videos sometimes. It's oh, like, yeah. It's like, well, it's you, like, you oh, know my phone's going to make noise. And, and stuff when I'm just trying to sit and quietly read on my phone. <laughs> and so I'd never clicked on it, but then I, I watched it that day. And dude, I think I've watched it 30 or 40 times since. 
Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Like I was just blown away. Saturday I had to work all day, and then I drove to St. Louis and back to see uh, Anthony Jeselnik. And um, so I was just kind of like, it was one of those weird days where I was off the pop culture radar. Like I just wasn't on Facebook, I wasn't on Twitter, and then I got home at like four in the morning and just passed out. And so I wake up Sunday and it's just like boom, you know, Donald Glover hosted SNL. This is America video, and I'm like, oh my god, what the hell did I miss in the 24 hours I was off of social media? <laughs> and um, oh yeah, I was just blown away. Like it's just music videos in general are just like such a wasted art like in the last like four or five years right like no one even watches them so to see a music video even go viral in the first place regardless of the content kind of kind of blew my mind like i can't even think of the last like music video that went viral yeah not like right? this not like this no this is crazy and it's just this is just so powerful like a, and just such a such a crazy video just so much going on and so much detail and like the point of the video is like to distract you from the other things which is kind of the the metaphor going on in the first place if you know what i mean yeah oh yeah it's it's just like one of the most like smart things i've ever seen in like three and a half minutes so completely blown away and then not to mention beyond the video like I was so distracted by the video, like the first two or three times I saw it that I really didn't even recognize like the song as a song. Like it took me hearing the song kind of removed from the video in my car a few times to realize how brilliant the song itself is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I I fucking agree with all of that. (laughs) There is so much going on in that video. I've watched it so many times and I feel like I still pick out new things in it that I didn't notice before. Yeah. It's, just crazy and just the like the physicality of like what he does in the video really blows me away more and more every time i see it like almost almost like contortionist in some of the dance moves and stuff yeah like that dude can dance his fucking ass off yeah unbelievable like i i would love to kind of see i would love to see a making of for that video and like how how long was that shoot like how much time did it take to prep that stuff because there's, there's just, oh, there's so much going on. I guess we're doing terrible podcasting, not even explaining the video. But I feel like everyone's seen this thing, right? Yeah, yeah. If, if you have not seen the video yet for, for This Is America, uh, Childish Gambino, definitely take a moment to go look it up on YouTube and watch it. It's, it's got some real shocking moments in it. But, I mean, it's a very poignant video. And when you really look at everything that's going on in it and you listen to the lyrics of it, I mean, it's it is very apt description that that's what's going on in America right now. And it's, it's fucking powerful, man. It is really, really powerful video. And to, to see yeah. something like this go viral. I mean, this is a good time for, for that to happen because it's going to start a lot of conversations and, and hopefully it starts more conversations face to face than on social media, because with the sort of stuff that's bringing up, those are things that it's, it's hard to talk about those things on social media because it just turns into people yelling at each other through keyboards and it's the conversation just deadlocks. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one ever changes anyone's mind on social media or very rarely. So, yeah. Yeah. One of the things that really um, struck me in the video was um, the way the guns are handled. I thought that was one of the most interesting, like little tidbits, like the careful, like grabbing of with the cloth and making sure they're okay. The cradling of the gun after each killing in the video is a pretty, like that message kind of, 
really hit me hard, you know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's just so many metaphors and so much symbolism in it. And I haven't gotten so deep yet that I've started watching the breakdown videos, but I know that's going to be my next step. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't seen any of the breakdown videos yet. I've read a few articles. There were so many pieces about it over the next like 48 hours after it was released. I've read quite a few of those and stuff. And yeah, it's just so fascinating. I'm super excited for the album. Um, I hope it's a great album. I'm actually not the biggest Childish Gambino fan. Um, I thought the first two albums were okay. Are you familiar with these? Camp and uh, Because the Internet? No, no. This was the first Childish Gambino song I'd heard. I, I knew that Donald Glover did music under that name, but really I'd only been familiar with him just on from the show Community, and I think I'd seen a little bit of his stand-up. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't a big fan. I was a huge fan of him on Community and then the uh, stand-up special on Netflix. What was it? Weirdo? Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, I think so. And I was a big fan of that. And so, I, you know, I was like, and I like a lot of rap and hip-hop stuff, so I thought I'd check it out. But it, I don't know. It just wasn't my thing. But then um, I saw Questlove on Jimmy Fallon talking about his third album, Awaken My Love. And it had just come out like a few days ago and he was just saying how it really blew his mind and he didn't know that Glover had that in him and that he stayed up all night listening to it over and over again. And I've always been a big fan of him and the roots. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a try again. And oh my gosh, Joe, you gotta, you have to check out that third album. Like it is, it was easily the best album of 2016 and it's got me so excited, but I'm like nervous because there's those... uh, after listening to that, I tried to go back and listen to those first two albums again because I thought, ah, maybe I just wasn't in the mindset because I just love this album and I listen to it almost every day. But no, I just those first two albums don't do much for me. So I'm I'm hoping this new album is like more of the same. I, I that's a terrible thing to say, but I don't know. Like it's <laughs> like more of like what what we got in This Is America. Or more of the same as in, like, similar to his last album? Well, this to me, This Is America, that has me excited because it does feel like an extension of the stuff that we were getting in that last album more so than the first two albums. But okay, cool. there is, there's not really any rap in the third album. And there definitely is rap in This Is America. So it's like, I'm, I'm unsure of what kind of album we're even going to get. Like, are we going to get a pure rap album? Are we going to get, like sing song songs because he's capable of doing all of that we know so are we going to get a like a mix of both things in one album I'm, I'm really excited for the album and i don't really know what's going on i don't even know if we're actually getting a fourth album like it, it just very possibly could just be a thing he did like a song just to release this song on its own hmm, you know okay. maybe there is i don't know because i've googled it and there's no like street date for another album or any talk about what another album is going to be called. So I'm a little bit confused in that nature as to what's coming next. But, um, ah, if he was smart, he would back this up with an album because he's basically got all eyes on him now. Yeah. God, I wonder how much work went into just planning this video. Yeah. I wonder how many like actual like days of shooting to the whole thing took. Like I wouldn't be surprised that they knocked it all out in a day. Wow, because <laughs> it has like, the feel of like a like a single shot video, you know, like like I'm trying to think of like another media of video, like 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 Tom yeah, Petty okay, song. Okay. Yeah, okay, go does stuff like that. If you're familiar yeah. with that, <laughs> yeah, okay, go with the treadmills and shit. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess there's a couple shots. Like, I guess the end part of This Is America where he's running seems like potentially a different shoot. Oh, yeah. So, and I, I still watch a lot of music videos. I, I usually get on my Vivo once a week and watch, like, a handful of new videos. And, um, I mean, this is the thing. Like, videos aren't popular anymore, so you just film them as cheap as possible. And basically, like, eight out of ten videos you see are filmed in a warehouse just like this is America. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many warehouse videos these days. Because, I mean, that's effort, you know? You just get the warehouse, you get some dancers, you get some whatever, and you film a video. And it's really fascinating to see the art of the warehouse video. Like, you know, Childish Campino basically won here now. <laughs> like, you got to one-up this warehouse video. <laughs> Dude, it, it, where I work, we're just in a building with suites, and the one on the end is unoccupied, and a music video was shot in that warehouse. <laughs> like I, yeah, I was like sitting back, like doing receiving one day, and all of a sudden I'm like hearing like a drum track, and I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" And I go outside, and there's all these vans and everything pulled up to the back, and then one of the other guys was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, they're shooting a music video over there." I'm like, "Fucking weird." <laughs> yeah, that's it's the thing. I I don't know why that like where that came from or if it's just the cost efficient or you know like i said i think it's just the popularity of music videos is so low that it's just whatever you know get in the warehouse film it get done but yeah Yeah. i mean some people do really clever stuff in with the warehouse video so (laughs) i can't think of thinking one off the top of my head besides this is america right now but Uh, my wife always has music videos on where she'll just put it on like a youtube mix on our tv Mm mm-hmm and so I end up watching a lot of videos, and it's usually pop music. And there is, God, what is her? I think her name is like Kaiza or something like that. She's like a pop singer, and she's got a song called Hideaway. Mm, I'm not familiar with that. The video for it is like really amazing. It's just like her like walking down the street and like encountering different groups of people and dancing. But it's one of those videos like that where it's just a continuous shot. Oh, that's really cool. Have you seen the video for, uh, do you know who Dua Lipa is? I don't think so. Uh, the video for new rules is really amazing. It's kind of the same thing where it's, it's just like six women doing a bunch of dancing in an abandoned house, but it all feels like it's just one shot. And there's a lot of really like neat artistic, like choreographed moments and shots in the video. It's really well done. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I just jotted down new rules. I'll I'll check it out because I'm a real sucker for a music video with like just good dancing in it. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. dancing is one of those things where it's like I, I'm not very good at it at all. And so like, <laughs> it's amazing to me when I see somebody that does have that much good rhythm in their body and stuff and the, the, the ways that they can move and stuff. It's super fucking cool to me. Yeah, I love it, too. I used to watch the stupid uh, So You Think You Could Dance show. <laughs> I never watched that, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a sucker for any reality competition television show. <laughs> My wife always watches Bachelor and Bachelorette, and so I always catch moments of it. Yeah, I tried. I tried with Bachelor Bachelorette. I, I was like two seasons on each, and I was like, okay, this is one I can do without. Okay, th- so the one that you got to try and look for is like the Bachelor Pad show. Oh yeah, yeah I've seen that. Because that's where, the one where it feels very VH1, <laughs> like dating show. <laughs> isn't it like um, Paradise Island or whatever? Yes, that that's the same another thing? one. 
That's where you really see how fucking shitty and shallow a lot of these people really are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That would be so bizarre to be part of that production on any end of it, right? Oh, no kidding. I mean, getting getting that level of exposure. I mean, because it's arguable that like the level of exposure that people on The Bachelor and Bachelorette get, it's it's probably right up there with like Survivor. You know, I mean, they're super popular reality shows that have been going on forever and they got huge fan bases. So you can get lots of people all over the place that are going to recognize you. Yeah, I think what's what's crazy too is I, I'm pretty sure Survivor has created more lasting romances and marriages and couples than The Bachelor. <laughs> like I'm I'm almost 100% on that math because there's a lot of them from Survivor and like all the Bachelor things all like is has is there like a one that was a success rate? Yeah, I think like, there's been you know, a handful of them. Yeah, okay. Okay. But yeah. it seems like there's always some scandal by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, usually. <laughs> like the whole the whole production is to sell like People magazine when it comes to the finale, you know. Yeah. Well, I remember so I think the very first season of Bachelorette they did there was a a guy on it that was one of the bachelors that was like really popular and he was kind of like the the like slightly heavier dude out of everybody but he was like the super fun going like kind of like frank the tank type character you know and uh and so anyway that gal ends up letting him go but he was a fan favorite so they brought him back later to be the bachelor and like <laughs> as the bachelor like they years later they did a like behind the scenes show and one of the questions asked to the com- the producers was okay which bachelor like had sex with the most amount of women and they were like oh yeah that was bob he had sex with like seven of those different consent contestants on his season it's like holy shit <laughs> like, like the guy that in the season of the bachelor was like well he he's like the really nice guy he's the nice guy and it's like yeah yeah that was his game <laughs> uh, the old nice guy game that's hilarious yeah oh man that's I've never seen a VH1 behind the scenes special on The Bachelor, but I would I'd be into that. <laughs> Dude, some of those old VH1 re- uh, reality dating shows were fucking hilarious. I remember watching like Rock of Love and Daisy of Love, and oh gosh, <laughs> they were so so fucking trashy. You could just not help but laugh at it. Yeah. Oh man, I I, I can only take so much flavor, Flav. See, I never watched that one, I, but I watched all the uh, Brett Michaels ones, but. God, there was this other one called Tool Academy. Did you ever hear that? No. <laughs> okay, so Tool Academy was the, all these guys that were really shitty boyfriends. They all, like, I don't know if it was their girlfriend. Their girlfriends had to have tricked them into doing this. To where the oh, guys, I, ju- I just got the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So these 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 guys like thought they were going on to like this show that was going to be similar to like the bachelor or something like that, where they're going to meet all these girls. And so like this whole first episode, they're all kind of getting tricked into it. And then there's like a big reveal where they're all in a room and then all their girlfriends walk out as a group. And then all the guys are looking really, really nervous. And then like the plaque that's like on the camera that has like the fake name of the show, like explodes out. And then you see the real plaque under it and it says Tool Academy. And it's like a charm school for like these shitty douchey boyfriends. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it was fucking golden, dude. There was so much stupid shit on that. 
the fucking Tw- arguments that these two old fucking guys would get into with each other. <laughs> you know what? Um, you know what drives me crazy is um, now that Trump's our president, I really wanted to rewatch um, Apprentice seasons and Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> that shit ain't easy to do. I um. Uh. I had a really other than Celebrity or Apprentice season one, like none of that. That stuff is all off the radar. You can't find that stuff anywhere. Because um, I won't lie, I really enjoyed Trump when he was a wacky reality TV game show host. Oh, he was bef- been yeah, dude. Before he was the leader of the free world, he was fucking <laughs> hilarious. But as the president, it's like, oh, this is this is not good. <laughs> I know you, you I, I should not be in that position, you orange fuck. i saw eight seasons of you know his criteria for who should stay and who should go like i i I knew enough that this was not the guy we wanted (laughs) (laughs) well then you got the the people like would you rather have hillary in i'm like well that's not what i'm that's not what we're talking about don't deflect from the fact that your guy's a fucking idiot and you know he's an idiot and you look stupid in your red hat i know i was wondering like once we get like past the halfway point of the term, can we stop with the Hillary deflections? Like when's the deadline for the Hillary deflections? Oh, it will never stop. <laughs> the, the whole four years? The whole four years, it will never stop. I guarantee uh, you. Uh, why even argue? <laughs> well, what's it goes funny back to, to arguing on the internet. <laughs> what's funny is if you go back to uh, the very beginnings of of this podcast over 50 episodes ago now the first time trump comes up you're gonna get a very optimistic joe being like well you know i don't really agree with a lot of the stuff he says but you know maybe maybe he's gonna get in he's gonna do some good things no joe you were fucking wrong (laughs) (laughs) that was very nice of you at the beginning though (laughs) i try and give people a fair shake and then it's like once you burn me a few times it's fuck you (laughs) fuck you i want nothing to do with you (laughs) You've proven to be a piece of shit, and uh, I'm done. And so, yeah. yeah. Oh, sigh. Hopefully, it's just the four years, right? And hopefully, we can make it these four years. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but it's like it's like those were the idiots we had in the last one. What? Who? Who? Who's going to be running against Trump in the next one? Like, ugh, it's it's all going to be so gross. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. That's like, at, we man. don't. I don't really know who that front runner even is right now, so it is pretty disgusting. Like, ugh, just the whole party system is such a fucking mess anyway. Like, it's it's gross to be a, a Democrat just as much as it is to be a Republican. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I switched to independent years ago, and it's like I, I I'm I'm definitely way more left of center, but I'm not as far left as like a lot of like the social justice warrior people, because it's like, you guys just found a different angle to be assholes to people. It's like, I'm, I'm about as social justice warrior is like, I don't know. Just, I, I'm a big believer in just treating people the way you want to be treated. And, and and for the most part that, that serves me well. Yeah. I, I don't think people by nature are looking to hurt people's feelings. So you can't assault someone for unknowingly hurting people's feelings right off the bat. You know what I'm saying? They're, you're, you're never going to get the point across to that person in that manner, you know? Exactly. Like, so, and I, I don't know. Like, even if people, 
it takes a lot to get someone to like switch the way they think about something. So you, you gotta handle that with like kid gloves a little bit. You can't just come across being a raging asshole about something that the person didn't even know was doing anyone any harm until you started being a raging asshole about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I almost wonder if it's, if it was liberalism swinging that hard that Trump was just going to be a logical result of that, that enough, enough, you know, just, average you know blue collar people were like you know this is fucked up and i'm gonna vote for something that blows it all up rather than you know maintaining any sort of status quo yeah bitter bitter bernie fans didn't help us either yeah that's not true trump in the office and you know not that i wouldn't have rather had bernie either but <laughs> it was definitely a not trump vote for me that election <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. <laughs> What's this person's name? Not Trump. Okay, <laughs> check the box. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I get it. I, I was never a big fan of Hillary either, you know. So, but it's no, that she not scared Trump the ballot. shit out of me, <laughs> just for, yeah. for different reasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I guess it's a it's a no win situation. But uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. It's scary times we live in, man. I, oof, just all the all the like Nazi stuff really fucking shakes me to my core, man. My my grandfather was you know Jewish and everything, and like seeing the like the rallies, like the hate rallies and stuff with their stupid fucking tiki torches and shit. I mean, as dumb as that looks, it still like fucking scares me that like it's fine for that kind of thing to happen. Yeah, it is scary that the president doesn't come out and immediately condemn that and say that's fucked up. It's not not well, we need to look at both sides equally. It's no 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 no. Hey, that was fucking tried in the 40s to look at both sides equally and all, millions of fucking people died in acts of genocide. So how about we just fucking nip this shit in the bud as soon as it shows up? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like I get it like why I understand why Taylor Swift can't say she's an alt-right queen and like admit the truth, but Trump's our president. <laughs> 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 you know, he's got it's like come on, man, like speak for the people and tell them that that kind of fucking hate is just not okay. You know how much that would have done for me, honestly? Like that was that was one of Trump's biggest moments for me was after that stupid tiki torch rally. And how he blamed both sides. And it's like, uh, no guy, the side with David Duke speaking for them is the not cool side. Can you please yeah. address that? <laughs> and yeah, those I, I, people vote for him. Yeah, and the the you fact know, that it's such a such a business in that manner that he's unwilling to condemn those people for that kind of hate. Like that's I just can't do it. Yeah, there's Ugh. just some crazy deep divisions in America right now over all sorts of things, you know, with like yeah. with 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 some of the different social things. The shit with guns right now is about as crazy as it's ever fucking been. Yeah, one of the big movements right now that's really pissing me off is um, I was unaware how often white people were calling the cops just for nothing, like just to use like the cops as a weapon against you know other minorities yeah just for I've no been reason seeing that a lot on social media lately too and i had no idea that it was that big of an epidemic but i mean i'm kind of yeah. sheltered living in small town iowa yeah i agree i agree and oh that that it's just so gross to me that anyone would even like think like that 
like, uh, and you see how, you know, you know, the stories of what happens, like people getting shot while mowing the lawn. And it's like, so obviously they're, when they're doing things like that, I'm sure it's not a hundred percent malicious, but I bet a lot of times they're like, Oh, I hope the worst case scenario happens after I do this. So it's fucking frightening that people would have that much fucking hate in their bodies. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I can't understand why people can't just let other people live. You know, it's like, Hey, you let them do their own thing. You do your thing. Maybe try and everybody exist in a way to where you're not really, you know, I don't know. It goes back to the treat other people the way you want to be treated. Like, would you want to have the cops called on you for something that is totally unworthy of cops being called on you? Would you like it if the cops showed up and, and harassed you and like showed up and like they were threatened by your dog while they were talking at your door. So they just shoot the family dog. You know, it's like that. This sort of this is the real fucking world shit. This sort of stuff happens. It's it's dark and it's fucked up, and and the only way that this stuff gets solved is dragging it out into the light so everyone can see how fucking ugly it is, and hopefully people look up from their fucking phones long enough to notice the type of world that we're living in. Yeah, it's scary, and just the fact that uh, police are so corrupt, and that really scares me. Like, it, it took me a long time to realize how, like, in my adult life, to realize like they're just like a tool and like anyone that has the switch or the ability can like basically use the police as their own personal goon squad to do just all kinds of corrupt stuff. And it's just, Oh, it's crazy to me. I told you I was going to talk about my Twitter stuff. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. What was that? I, um, we talked, we had an episode about this early on in PCL cause I actually had to miss a few episodes because of this. But, um, my roommate at the time, impersonated the mayor of my city on Twitter. Uh, Jim Artis is our mayor and basically made a fake profile. And, you know, I was completely aware of it because I was laughing about it and, you know, we'd hang out and think of dumb shit for him to say. And, you know, just basically took it as crazy as possible. Like, you know, our mayor wasn't on Twitter. So my roommate felt the need to fill in that space. And then, you know, he had, um, you know, snorting cocaine and signing oh, no. boobs and uh, <laughs> getting trill as fuck um, and just, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. So um, the next thing I know, it was I'll always remember the date because I was lazy and didn't do my taxes until April 15th that year. And I'm leaving to go do my taxes and I open the door and there's three police officers at my door and I mean, instantly got hostile with me, had my arms behind my back, um, digging into my, I was so scared that one of them shoved their hand into my pocket. And I knew in one side I had my phone and in one side I had my wallet and the cops yelling at me, what is this I'm holding? What is this I'm holding? And I'm like, I don't know if it's my phone or my wallet, but it's one of them, and I, I don't know which one's in which pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I just had no idea what was going on. And, um, like, the cops threw us in. They're yelling at me how many people are in the house. They're, like, casing the house. We've got, And they're all dressed in, like, full riot gear with, like, guns strapped to their chest and everything. Fuck. And it was just so bizarre. Michelle was in the shower, my girlfriend at the time that they're <laughs> that all this is going on and i'm like oh my god they they freaking yank her out in the middle of her shower during all this uh, most of my other roommates were gone at the time they, they cased the whole house um it was like seven of them all together 
and threw me into the back of the squad car, took me down to the police station, threw me into a room for a couple hours. I sat in just a room doing nothing for a couple hours. And like, mind you, I still had no idea why I'm even there. Like nothing's even been said to me other than they presented a search warrant to me and had a seasoned control of all electronic devices. And yeah, they interrogated me. And the first thing they said was, um, you know, um, do you, do you know who's running this Peoria mayor Twitter account? And I just start laughing because I, I kind of gone stir crazy at that point. I'd been in that room so long and I had no idea what they were going to ask me. And mm-hmm. then when it was about the Twitter account, I just, I just couldn't believe it. And I started cracking up and like the, Oh, they got super mad at me laughing and they're slamming their fists down and they're like, this is no joke. You know, no one's going to jail tonight, but we needed to know, you know, <laughs> who started this Twitter account and everything. They and send fucking th- people in riot gear to your house and pull your girlfriend out of the fucking shower over a Twitter account. Yeah. Over a Twitter account. And this made national news. Like you can, you can easily Google this. The whole thing was super crazy. And, um, but yeah, I ended up, I ended up going to jail. I had a small amount of fucking weed in my room and they couldn't bust me on anything else. So they busted me on that and threw me in jail. They made it difficult for me to have any kind of like hearing to get out. So I was stuck there for like two and a half days before I could get my parole hearing to get out. And, um, yeah. And I get out of jail. I've been there for two days separated from the whole thing. And like the first thing all my friends are asking me is how many police were in our house. And I'm like, well, there were seven. I was like, cause at one point they had me in the kitchen and every single cop was there in a circle and there was clearly seven. And then they're showing me all the newspaper articles talking about three cops in basically street clothes coming and apprehending us. And it just, it just blew my mind. It was basically like the only people that were saying the truth were the people that were there. And to like see that kind of corruption and like actually live through it, just like it really shook me. I don't know why, but I just had blind faith in law enforcement up until that point. Like I didn't think that anything was even capable like that, you know, like they could just go ahead and just paint the events however they wanted that would make them look in the best light. And yeah, it was wild, but yeah, they, it ended up being, they didn't have any kind of legal ability to get a search warrant and get our IP address from Comcast based on a parody Twitter account. It was just the mayor of our city using the police as his own personal goon force to come after us. And, um, you know, we lawyered up and our lawyers were able to get like records of all the emails sent between the mayor and the police chief. And, um, the mayor is telling the police chief that when they search our house, he hopes they find child pornography so they could really stick it to us. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) See, in in Um, that right there, that's fucking power starts to corrupt people. You know, like how, how long has that had that guy been the mayor? Oh, he's been the mayor. I, I, for quite some time, maybe five, six years. So it was just so bizarre. Um, I'll have to find you some video of some of the stuff. Cause there's some hilarious stuff that came out of this. Like basically like the whole world rallied against him and was calling him a giant idiot. You know what I'm saying? There's a daily show segment about this. Oh shit. And, um, so like, 
his PR people or him himself to try to like fix the situation and make us look like the jerks and him like the normal guy decided it was in his best interest to hold a press conference and read all the tweets out loud (laughs) because the newspapers and he was right on this part. The newspapers were not printing the worst ones. Okay. So his, in his head, he was like, once these people hear that some of the stuff they had me saying that wasn't in the newspapers and online articles and everything, these guys are really going to look like shitheads and everyone's going to rally with me against these fucking horrible people, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. And you can, you can Google this press conference. I'll, I'll have to find you the link. He reads all the fucking tweets. He, he personally says the stuff my roommate wrote about like, you know, <laughs> snorting Coke off hookers, boobs and being trill as fuck. And <laughs> it, it's the fucking funniest thing ever. And guess, <laughs> guess what? It didn't work. No one, uh, no one rallied behind him after that. So <laughs> I can't believe you uh, actually read it all out loud. Yeah. That had it to have funny. been a weird moment. <laughs> like totally in monotone, like boring voice too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm um, trill as fuck. Yeah. After the river game, I really like to do a lot of Coke <laughs> and then hit up some local Peoria hookers <laughs> and, you know, and he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I'm going to show you what the media won't show you and what these people were really saying about me. And I go, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, it was a nightmare. They took away all they, – they ceased and desisted all of our electronics or seized and desisted. So everything we had, if it connected to the internet, they took it. iPads, video game systems, Game Boys, phones. They took every single device we had in our entire house. Because, you know, as we found out later, they wanted to scrub it so they could hopefully find child pornography and really fucking bust us. And, uh, yeah, we, they, had, they had our stuff for like three weeks. Um, my buddy got a, quite a handsome payout. He ended up taking a settlement instead of um, going full on to court with them. I mean, the ACLU was like all over this shit. So it was... It wasn't it wasn't hard for us to all lawyer up real quick and it was crazy. I ended up not getting they had to throw away all my charges. Um, I had to go on like they had to make up a special probation to put me on for two years that didn't even really exist. And once I went and it was it was really easy. It was like 40 hours community service and like a giant fine. And then oh, all oh, of it. That's right. Because of the marijuana. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, what the I, fuck? They even, and even that's ridiculous. We went to court for months on that too. Like they were like citing all these crazy. It was fascinating the stuff they were talking about. I was always like learning stuff, like because basically it came down to like no matter how ridiculous it is, if you still come across something illegal, you come across something illegal. I guess there was some case where someone had been brought to this house on something completely unrelated, and they found like a fucking dead body. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it was like, well, you know, do we have permission for this and that and that? And then that opened up the doors to, I forget what the actual law is called, but even though they weren't, they didn't have a legal search warrant, once they found illegal things, they were able to still, they, you couldn't throw that out. Yeah. Now that, that happened to one of my friends in, I was either high school or right after high school. Cops showed up at their house to, uh 
asked some questions about a street sign that got pulled out of the ground and thrown on the ground. Like they pulled the pole out and threw it on the ground. <laughs> and then someone, nope. someone told him, you know, hey, it was X, you know, so-and-so. And so the cops show up there and they're talking to him. And then they notice a, a one-hitter box like on a table. And so then they search the house and then they find a bag of weed in one room. And then they look in the garage and like the, the bonehead friends of mine had picked a bunch of fucking ditch weed and they had it hanging upside down drying in the garage. So he got busted with fucking weed that wasn't even good. And it was like nine pounds or something like that. Oh my gosh. I know. I know he he got in quite a bit of trouble for it. He is like I kind of heard about it after the fact. And he was telling me about it. I'm pretty sure he said in court since it was like full plants, you know, in the, that they were measuring that he was like, well, you know, four and a half pounds of that is all seeds and stems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I'm like, hilarious. You didn't say that. I mean, he was always a funny dude, so I, I never knew if he was being serious or not. When he told I hope me he that. did say it. I hope I hope someone had to type that out. I could see him saying it though. <laughs> I want I want it to be true that he said that. But <laughs> yeah, it, that the whole Twitter thing though is just a giant nightmare. And like like I said, like it really it really pisses me. I mean, I guess I should be happy that it kind of opened my eyes to a little bit of corruption that I was kind of you know naive to before. But it is kind of sad once you're kind of like the curtains pulled back on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've never been boned over that bad, but I, I've had a handful of negative experiences with cops, especially growing up in like small town Iowa and like being one of the kids that was like into skateboarding and shit like that. Whereas, you know, cops would just, you know, like they just immediately assume we were up to no good. And so we would just face harassment and it's like, we're not even doing anything wrong. Why, why am I eating shit from you? You motherfucker. And then, you know, getting into punk rock at a young age and shit like that and metal and stuff. And I was like, all right, fuck the police. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, we lived right like on a frat row while all this was going on. And I mean, obviously, we were very upset at police after that happened. And people were always getting pulled over right in front of our house because it was just such a main road. And people would get pulled over for speeding or just whatnot just all the time. Like Friday, Saturday night, it would just happen over and over and over again. And I mean, basically, like all the police knew who we were at that point, And we were kind of on a like, don't fuck with them moment because like all the media were going crazy about all this stuff. So we were actually pumping um, 911 as a joke in your town and like, fuck the police when people would get pulled over in front of our house. <laughs> and it was absolutely hilarious. Like me and my roommate would just laugh our asses off, but it would clear the deck as far as the parties would go. Like most of the other people there would be like, all right, guys, we're going inside while you jam fuck the police to the police. (laughs) But uh, one of the funniest things I ever saw was I was like, um, John was my roommate and I was like, John, let's, let's play the cops theme song. The, uh, the bad boy song. The next time they pull, they pull him over and he thought that was hilarious. So pulls the guy over, put on you know bad boys bad boys what you gonna do and all that and the both officers turn to us and give us the biggest fucking cheese and like double thumbs up of approval (laughs) and i'm like fuck this and we go inside and flip that shit off and put the public enemy right back on and oh it was so fucking funny it was like oh my they got so upset but i mean it was just looks (laughs) 
like nothing happened because of it. We were we were pretty fearless for a few weeks after all that went down, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's scary like i've been in cars before where they just tore the fucking car apart trying to find any little bit of something that they could bust you and it's like you guys pulled us over because we pulled out of a fucking like convenience store into a well-lit intersection at night and didn't immediately turn on the headlights and and that requires four po- patrol cars showing up and having us on the sidewalk while you're fucking pulling the soles out of our shoes oh, and shining God. flashlights in them and smelling our palms and shit like that. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, guys? And then when that cop actually did let us go, dude, I've never seen a, a an anger vein stick so far out of somebody's forehead. <laughs> yeah, I've had that kind of situation happen before. I, I, I run a messy car and I've had like cops want to search my car. <laughs> For and and I didn't have anything on me. I, I guess just the messy car in itself is is suspicion. But they're like throwing all my shit into the road and everything, and it's like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's like you guys are not going to find anything in there. It's it's just I I just haven't cleaned out my car in a while. <laughs> yeah, I pro- I promise you, me not using my turn signal does does not mean I'm under the influence of anything. Yeah, so, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, oh the, the the whole twitter thing oh my mic <laughs> it's so weird i'm usually better at holding my mic i'm just being in my car is so unusual <laughs> <laughs> well i will do another start cast where i'm not uncomfortably <laughs> sitting in my car the entire time have you heard any of the stuff going on outside? Do you hear the cars going by every now no. and again or anything? Okay. No, I'm not picking any of it up. But. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so it's just me sounding like people are like, oh, Jake's really off his game. <laughs> There's no car noises to back me up. <laughs> it's like, I'm having a good time. <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. I'm just, I have to be self-deprecating here and there. It's in my nature. Oh, oh yeah, dude. I learned at an early age, take yourself out first and come up with something <laughs> funnier than the, what they can insult you with. And, and it's worked so far for like almost 30 some years since I started doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have pretty thick skin when it comes to uh, people having problems with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, God, I'm trying to remember the last time somebody like deliberately pissed me off and I actually rose to it. I'm usually, pre- I'm usually pretty good at it too, but mm. yeah, I don't know. For the most part, I, I try and Jedi mind trick my way out of as many confrontations as possible just cause it's easier than potentially spending a night in lockup. Yeah. Oh man. I tell you, I, I do manager shifts at a grocery store and that really, uh, that really tests you dealing with some of the people that you have to deal with doing that kind of stuff. I mean, just everyone wants every kind of scam possible, and then they're going to get upset and potentially physical with you if things don't go their way. And it's it's a frightening job. I don't get paid enough to do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at a grocery store in, or while I was going to college, and I think I worked there for close to three years. And, dude, that was – I had a lot of fun there, but also, like, that was one of those jobs that really taught me to hate people 
Like, yeah. there was just some people I would deal with where it's like, dude, you're fucking buying groceries. Why are you such a shithead right now? Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah, it's like they take all that anger and frustration out on you because <laughs> something that was supposed to be 258 rang up for, you know, 279. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we So this was an Econo Foods I worked at, which was like a Nash Finch food store. And so it was like really, really big. It was like a one of those like warehouse style stores. And uh, we they had the Econo card where you'd scan it, and then you know there were certain things that you'd get discounts on. Well, this one guy was supposed to save like three cents or ten cents or something like that on some butter, and I'm like stocking shelves on one side of this giant fucking store, and he just comes up and grabs my arm, doesn't say anything, and just starts pulling me. Oh my god! And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Just some old dude drags me clear over to the dairy department and is like pointing at this sign and then pointing at his receipt and like yelling at me that he didn't save his like seven or eight cents. And then when I took a quarter out of my pocket and tried to hand it to him, he got really offended. (laughs) And I'm just like, this is, I, I I stock shelves, dude. Like you need to go up to the customer service counter and they'll give you, they'll, they'll ring your receipt up and they'll apologize and give you a nickel. I don't know why you're yelling at me. Yeah, we're not splitting this nickel between all the other employees after you leave. Like in our <laughs> giggling and high fiving. <laughs> yeah, we did it. <laughs> you know, only five hundred and sixty more nickels to go before we can whatever. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's the stuff I do. Like yesterday, I had a guy came in with a receipt that was like he'd crumpled in his hand, and it was for products that he bought in one of our stores in a city that's like about an hour away. And he wanted a refund for these three items. Uh, two of the three items we don't carry at our store. But as long as they scan in the system, we can give the guy a refund, okay? And so we scanned all the items. Everything's scanned in our system. But the policy is any refund over $10 that doesn't have a receipt from our store, we have to issue as a gift card. Uh-huh. And the guy just exploded about the gift card. Like, I've never heard of such policy. And... Blah blah blah, and I'm like, sir, I'm. Do you think we're making up the policy? And he's like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And I, I'm I'm really calm and good in the in these kind of situations, and I'm like, well, you know, to what end would we be doing this? Like, what's our gain? Like, if I'm lying to you about this policy, then what is my end game here? What am I gaining by lying to you about this policy? You know, well, I'm not sure what's going on here, but I've never heard of any such policy. And my cashier is looking for the, I'm having her look for the paperwork so she can actually show the guy the policy. And in the meantime, he's Googled something on his phone that he's trying to show me. He's like, I've got it right here that that's not your policy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sir, that's not official schnucks uh, documentation. You, uh, you can't use that. And, <laughs> but yeah, so we find the paper, he reads it. He's well, I don't want the damn gift card. So I guess I'm not going to do a return. And then he calls my cashier a bitch, dro- oh, you know, man. drops five F bombs on his way out the door. And it's just like, geez, what is going on? Like, I, I just don't even know. Like, I don't even think that guy, I feel like he just found that receipt, uncrumpled it found those items any way possible and was trying to get money for them. Oh, like that, I, that'd you, be a good bet. Like he was just kind of desperate for some cash and thought that that'd be a way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Cause I don't understand. Like just take the gift card and use the gift card. 
You can use it on alcohol. That's obviously what you want to use it on. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, dude, you can so, run into some weird fuckers at a gro- I, I think the weirdest people I ran into when I worked at that Econo Foods was when I was in the liquor department because we had a drive-through liquor window. Oh, that's awesome. And dude, there was some. One guy came through with no pants on, and I refused <laughs> to serve him. And he was like, "I'm a." <laughs> I'm going to talk to your manager. I said, feel free to walk in and talk to him. <laughs> he drove away. <laughs> in his car? I, I think I side with pantless guy. <laughs> I, I, all I know is I looked out and I saw old man Dick and I was like, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> oh, that much nudity. <laughs> that much nudity. He was wearing only a shirt. Ah, all right. All right. I'm leaning back towards you. <laughs> right? I figured he had some boxers or briefs or something. I thought you meant just no pants. Nope, not not so lucky. Oh, <laughs> and it's a drive through window, so you you can't help but look down into the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I would never buy. That's why I would never buy a truck. <laughs> you never know. You never know what you're going to see. God, the amount of bad fake IDs I found. Like, oh. I remember one of them, the guy handed it to me, and I literally pulled all the packing tape off the front of it. <laughs> and I handed it back to him in two pieces, and I said, this is a really shitty ID, dude. It's <laughs> like, oh, go. Man. I'm not I'm not calling the cops on you, but just go. I'm, I'm not selling you shit. <laughs> yeah. The art of the fake ID is kind of thing in the past, right? Like, the IDs are so high-tech now. Like, yeah. You just don't I, was, see- I was randomly thinking about that this morning. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> they are, there's it was so, so much easy shit back when we were kids yeah yeah god i remember oh my, my dad was telling me when he was in high school he was able to because like back then they were just on regular paper they weren't laminated or anything and he said that he was able to fudge the date on his to make it so it seemed like he was 18 because the drinking age was 18 back then and uh i guess he got in trouble on like some like state track meet or something like that they were like at a pizza hut and he ordered beer, and someone ratted him out to the coach, and the coach was so pissed that he like pulled them all out of the track meet or something like that and drove them all home in the middle of the night. Oh, man. And I was like, that's, that's so- fucked up. <laughs> I was like, if you could still fucking pole vault the next day after drinking, they should give you an extra medal. <laughs> <laughs> that's something we don't really do these days anymore, right? I remember my... Uh- my stepdad pole vaulted when he was in high school too. Do people pole vault in high school these days still? Well, see, and I, and I went to the same high school that my mom and dad went to, and there was pole vaulting when dad was in school, but then not not when I was. And like, mm. I think they did the hammer throw and stuff too, which sounded like really metal and fun, and no way they were letting us fucking play with those things. Yeah, uh, Joe, can you give me a pause for a sec? Yeah, absolutely. This is America. Got you slipping up. Look how I'm living up. Police be tripping up. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry them. All right, we're back. All right, Joe, I want to apologize to you. Um, I'm going to have to cut this a little bit shorter than I wanted to. Um, I promise you I will be on sooner than later so we can talk. There's tons of stuff we said we were going to talk about that we never even brought up. So, We'll definitely do more. Um, it's just weird for me right now. I, Like I said, I'm in my car. We've got people <laughs> over in the house right now. My legs are starting to cramp up a little bit from podcasting in my car. And then 
while we were podcasting, I had a friend texting me that he has nowhere to stay for the night. So now I got to go clean up the living room a little bit so I can harbor my friend for a few days. So <laughs> yeah, no, no worries, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. All right. This was probably your weirdest episode ever. Maybe. Right. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be the weirdest one or not, but see, I don't know. Cause I've got a different example of it. Cause like we've, we've been talking for, I mean, really like three and a half hours or so, but not all of it's actually been recorded for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I kind of have the same problem where it's like, we've had this really long conversation, but I'm not, my brain's not sure what actually hit the tape. Exactly. <laughs> so it'll be a bit of a surprise to me too. <laughs> but dude, I I mean, especially with all that shit going on, I, I thank you for taking the time out to be on. And I really look forward to when you're going to be on again, because I love talking with you, man. Yeah, no problem. No problem. We've like tried to set this up like three other times before this. And then like random stuff has like thrown me off the rails for it. So I was like, fuck it. I'll go out to my car. I'm not going to tell Joe I can't do this again. <laughs> You're a trooper, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, not a problem. Not a problem. This was a ton of fun. So, yeah, I'll definitely hit you up and be back. Yeah. Do you want to uh, plug into your podcast or anything? I know you, there's a handful of them you do. Um, No. Right now, I I just do pop culture leftovers. That That's it. Everything else is kind of closed up shop right now. So, okay, right um, yeah, pop culture leftovers. We talk about movies, television, and all kinds of random stuff. Um, definitely, uh mature content sometimes so don't play it around the kiddos um <laughs> yeah it's a great time eh? yeah gosh we, I, we didn't even talk about we just talked about such random stuff i was going to talk a little bit about pop culture leftovers too but <laughs> next time this, there was a lot of random stuff in this it's hilarious we didn't talk about i mean other than like this is america that's really the only <laughs> thing we talked about that was like definitely got to talk about that with jake so. <laughs> so yeah dude it'll be great having you on again and um gotta get you on for a regular episode and for sure get on when we do a drunken commentary for justice league we just need to figure out the logistics of that yeah my favorite dc movie and it'll be so much fun <laughs> but hell yeah dude this this has been an interesting and fun time <laughs> awesome awesome can't wait to do it again yeah, and uh, thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, this has been StartCast. If you have any questions or comments on what you just heard, you can email me at startcastpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja, or you can check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash startcastpod. Thank you very much for listening. Hey, I'd like to take a moment to ask you all a big favor. If you enjoy listening to StartCast, please log on to iTunes and leave me a review. It uh, really helps with visibility for the show, and um, I would super appreciate it. If you're not a fan and you want to be honest and tell me how much my show sucks, go ahead and leave me a one of those too.